Hello, and welcome to the Lasting Impact Wellness Podcast, where together we explore ways to help you optimize your health and achieve sustainable well being. No one deserves to live an unhealthy life because they are overtasked, overstimulated, and overwhelmed. I'm your co host, Dr. Laura Hayes, and we'll be joined by Dr. Parker Hayes as we explore new perspectives and strategies rooted in self awareness, deep connections, and science based practices designed to create lasting impact for you and those around you. Please keep in mind this podcast is for the purpose of education, introspection, and community connection and should not be mistaken for medical advice. Be sure to subscribe and share with others. Let's be well together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lasting Impact Wellness, the podcast that helps you optimize your health and well-being through science-based practices, practical knowledge, and honest discussions. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Hayes. Today, we're talking about self-awareness. How well do you know yourself? How well do you understand your triggers and your reactions? How in tune are you with how other people see you and understand you? In a world of constant distractions and societal pressures, understanding who we truly are and what we stand for and how we impact the world around us is a transformative journey that can empower us to live more authentic and meaningful lives. And it's a key factor in your health, well-being, and specifically in your relationships and in successful leadership. Self-awareness is defined as the ability to consciously observe and understand your thoughts, emotions, and actions, as well as their impact on yourself and others. It involves developing a deeper understanding of your strengths and your weaknesses, your values and belief systems, and how these things all contribute to the shape and trajectory of your life. Parker and I often use this term, get it factor, to describe someone who just gets it. It's someone who can read the room and who knows when they need to say something versus just wanting to hear themselves speak. It's the kind of person who listens intently, communicates clearly, owns their mistakes, and always seems to know how to make you feel like you're understood. That's someone with the get it factor. And I'd argue that that's the person you want as your boss, your employee, your friend, your partner. And while it's not a scientific term, People with high get it factor tend to be more self-aware. They're more successful and more fulfilled. So why is self-awareness important? Well, it serves as a starting point for personal growth. And as I mentioned, for optimal health and fulfillment without self-awareness, you may find yourself just sort of drifting through life, unaware of the patterns and habits that might be holding you back from reaching your fullest potential. And by developing greater self-awareness, we gain the power to make conscious choices and to align our actions with our values and to live a life that truly reflects who we are at our core. And of course, self-awareness, like so many other things, it's an ongoing process. It's not something that you just achieve once. It's an active and ongoing practice. It requires you to be curious and vulnerable and have a willingness to confront some uncomfortable truths about yourself. It also requires you to solicit feedback from others and question your own internal biases and default behaviors. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, we're all human and we've all been guilty of creating mismatch between our intentions and the actions we produce. So for example, can you think of someone in your life who seems completely unaware? A friend or a colleague who just doesn't get it. They're very low on the get it factor, if you will. And maybe they speak or they behave in a particular way, but they always seem perplexed by the reaction of others. 
that team member who generates complaints from their coworkers or upper management, but when confronted, they're blindsided and they can't fathom that what they said or did could have possibly been offensive. I mean, surely it must have been misconstrued or misunderstood. They weren't ill-intentioned. Or maybe you use a certain phrase with your spouse that isn't intended to elicit feelings of guilt or inadequacies, but that's how it's perceived. Now, you're not responsible for others' perceptions, but you should be aware of them. Perhaps you're working toward improving your sleep hygiene. You get a noise machine, you install blackout shades, you read a book on meditation, but you neglect addressing your sources of insomnia, your stress, your diet, maybe your alcohol consumption, and then you wonder why you're still sleeping poorly. Intentions are worthless if they're mismatched with the actions. So part of strengthening your self-awareness muscle is to slow down and examine your beliefs and assumptions your unconscious biases and your default behaviors or autopilot reactions and begin to narrow the gap between intention and action. And you may think that you're pretty self-aware and perhaps you are, but studies show that true self-awareness is a pretty rare quality. People who lack self-awareness tend to act impulsively or react negatively to situations without thinking through their options. They also tend to blame others for their problems rather than take responsibility for their actions. Oh, my colleague complained about me? Well, I was just kidding around. He's too sensitive. You know the type. Maybe you are the type. Do you know where your own strengths and weaknesses lie? What triggers you and what are some of your default patterns or behaviors? Do you easily recognize when you're dishonest with yourself? Do your actions align with your values? And do they align with your intentions? Now, self-awareness is more than just introspection and self-reflection. Yes, those are parts of it. But it also involves understanding your place in the world and how others perceive you, as I mentioned, and in turn, how those others are impacted by your presence, your beliefs, your words, and your actions. So aside from optimal health and greater fulfillment, if those aren't enticing enough, why should you care about having deeper self-awareness? Because studies suggest that greater self-awareness can lead to improved relationships, better effectiveness at home and at work, and increased job satisfaction. I'll also take this a step further. As a physician, I've met a lot of patients who were unaware of their own body signals, and some of whom are hyper-aware. I spoke in a previous episode about learning the intricacies that make you you. Knowing your body and mind's most likely fail points helps you to recognize red flags more quickly when they first appear. Something I often find myself saying to patients is that being in tune with your body is a great thing. And I tell them, look, you know yourself best. So if something feels wrong or off to you, then it may be, and we need to do our best to find it. Now, self-awareness can be broken down into two components, both of which I've alluded to already. The first component is internal awareness. And that has to do with how well you know yourself, how clearly you understand your beliefs, your core values, your thoughts, emotions, your behaviors, and how well you can recognize your own strengths and weaknesses. The second component is expanded awareness. Some people call this external awareness, but I prefer the term expanded awareness because it takes it a step further and widens the aperture to allow you to see yourself with a wide-angle view from the various vantage points of those around you. And it also includes your greater purpose, your aspirations, and more globally, your place in the world around you. I'd like to note that both of these are equally important. 
They can both be catalysts to personal growth, enhanced relationships, and to better health. And just because you may possess either or, in order to achieve maximum get it factor, it's essential to build up both of these. It's like if you had a powerful computer with lots of memory and a lightning fast processor, but it was unable to connect with the internet, email, or communicate with the outside world, it would be limited in its overall function. So going back to our earlier example, let's think about that colleague or the person you know whose intentions are often misconceived or misunderstood. Well, when confronted, that person may say something like, oh, I wasn't being rude or unkind, or I'm such an easygoing person, I get along with everyone. And you can see how there can be a mismatch. Maybe that particular person has some level of internal awareness. They know their values, they know what they stand for, but their expanded awareness is less than expansive. They don't seem to understand how they're perceived by others or how their intentions actually translate into action. So being self-aware goes beyond just knowing yourself and expands to include all the ripples created around you. Let's break these down. We'll start with internal awareness. Imagine a mirror that reflects not just your physical appearance, but also the inner workings of your physical body, your mind, and your heart. Self-awareness is that mirror. And this analogy is where the term self-reflection comes from. That's an element of this type of internal self-awareness. Self-reflection, introspection, it's a bit of semantics, but essentially by doing that type of self-work, we create space to explore our experiences, beliefs, our values, and it enables us to observe our thoughts and our emotions, feelings, and behaviors. In other words, your thoughts and beliefs shape the lens through which you perceive yourself. They bend the mirror a bit, if you will. They influence your attitude, your actions, and ultimately your outcomes in life. So if you're not doing so already, start paying attention to your thoughts and examining your beliefs. Question the assumptions that you hold and challenge your biases. But the key is to do this with some self-compassion and objectivity and without judgment. Okay, great. So how do you do this? Well, I recommend starting with these two simple questions. Number one, ask yourself, What are my core values and what actions do I take to support them? And number two, do my words and actions actually reflect my intentions? I'll put these two questions in the show notes so that you have them. And this may be a great time to talk briefly about core values. This topic has become a bit buzzworthy in popular culture, particularly as professional organizations have started to place more emphasis on individual and organizational well-being. And it's not a complex concept, but one that can be overlooked or perhaps taken for granted if you never take the time to reflect upon yours. Core values are the fundamental beliefs and principles that guide and shape your life. They define who you are as an individual. They reflect your authentic self, and they can provide you with a sense of direction when it comes to your choices and decision-making. You may know them as guiding principles or fundamental beliefs, personal ethics, core principles, or your inner compass, and while these terms may have slightly different nuances, they all essentially capture that general idea. Think of something that you've done, a choice you made, or a decision that you came to that didn't quite sit well with you. Regardless of labeling it as right or wrong, sometimes that intuition or feeling like something is off, that's your inner compass telling you that the action or behavior that you chose was not in alignment with your core values. 
And again, not necessarily wrong or bad, just not in tune with that internal belief system. These are the moments to pay attention. We all experience this, but when you identify what your core values are, you can start gaining more clarity and direction in your life. As I mentioned earlier, intentions are useless if they are mismatched with the action. Oftentimes our actions are reactionary, they're instantaneous, and they're driven by beliefs, biases, and prejudices of our unconscious minds. And reactions are survival-oriented. And while they sometimes do serve a protective role, they can be harmful in interpersonal communication, relationships, and they can exacerbate stressful situations. Recognizing your own reactivity to certain triggers and then understanding how to respond mindfully can help you gain deeper self-awareness. It can promote confidence and effectiveness and strengthen your connections to others. I mean, this is the basis for mindfulness, yoga, and meditation. These types of practices teach us how to pause, come into the present moment, and choose to respond instead of react. There's a famous quote that you may have heard by Viktor Frankl, which reads, Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. I love that quote. Emails are a great modern example of this. Have you ever received an email that immediately triggered some emotion or feeling, and you knew in that moment exactly how you wanted to reply? And if you react in that situation, your reply might be immediate, rash, and potentially regretful. On the other hand, responding is more considerate and deliberate. It allows you to feel the emotion, but not fuel it. That's where the growth happens. So an integral part of your internal awareness is being able to have better control of your choices. Can you see yourself more objectively and choose to respond instead of react? Now, up to this point, we've been talking about internal self-awareness as it pertains to more of our thoughts and our beliefs, our actions, but we can't overlook the physical component here. As our mind is in constant communication with our body and vice versa, it's essential to cultivate a heightened sense of physical awareness as well. Our bodies are remarkable systems constantly sending us signals and feedback, but it's easy to overlook or dismiss these messages in the business of daily life. So recognizing these signals and potential red flags is crucial for maintaining our overall health and well-being. Our bodies have an innate wisdom, and when we listen to them, we can identify potential issues before they escalate. I've met so many patients who have ignored symptoms and warning signs that something ominous is brewing. And sure, in some cases, denial may be playing a role, but in plenty of other cases, they just kind of let things go. They were too busy to consider the possibilities of what they were feeling. They chalk up a new pain or a new symptom to, oh, it must just have been something I ate, or it's just stress from my job. They explain it away instead of sitting with it and really taking an objective approach using a deep internal view. So how can you start tuning in better and deciphering these signals? You can start by cultivating body awareness and strengthening that mind-body connection. This involves being present in the moment and actively observing your physical sensations along with the emotions and thoughts that accompany them. When you're frustrated or aggravated next time, take a moment and assess what your physical body is doing. You're going to notice physical sensations coming up. 
And if you can establish a regular mindfulness practice, just simply practicing an intentional pause throughout your day to check in, that can help you to strengthen the connection between the mind and body and understand your unique system. And look, this doesn't have to be a big production or a formal meditation. Right now, wherever you may be listening to this podcast, for the next 30 seconds, I'm going to ask you to pause, breathe, and just notice how your body feels. Where are you holding on to tension? Where can you soften or relax? All right, 30 seconds. Here we go. Okay, now if that was uncomfortable for you, pausing, being quiet, and sitting with yourself for 30 seconds, then I'm going to suggest that maybe you would benefit from doing that a bit more often. And this doesn't have to be complicated, but it does take practice. So paying attention to all of these cues can alert you to certain patterns that arise, and that can help you avoid potential danger or encourage you to lean in on something that feels in alignment with yourself. We'll talk more about the mind-body connection in future episodes, but as it applies to self-awareness, by pausing, embracing this introspective lens, processing the reflection objectively without judgment, we gain a profound insight into our motivations, our biases, our patterns of behavior, and our physical signals. Okay, so that's internal awareness. And now that you hopefully have a better idea of that first half of the self-awareness puzzle, let's discuss the other half. Expanded awareness involves being aware of your greater purpose, your place in the world around you, and your impact on others. It takes into account how your words, behaviors, and actions are perceived by others. And this is where many people have a significant blind spot. Even if you've identified your core values and intend to align your actions with them, but the end result isn't congruent with that, then you're mismatched. So let's say, for example, that one of your core values is family, but you're never home, and when you are, you're not able to unplug from work and truly be present with them. I use this as an example because I experienced this exact mismatch or blind spot myself. When I was director of my department and trying to lead my team, particularly through the years of the pandemic, I was constantly on. Countless calls, meetings, text messages, emails, even on vacation, I couldn't get away. And for me, one of my core values is family. Nothing means more to me than my family. And while working in that capacity, it did serve a different purpose, one of service to my group, my patients, fulfilling my duty as a physician. I wasn't aligning my actions with one of my main core values. Even when I was with my family, the majority of the time, I wasn't really with them. We could be playing or sitting on the couch and either my phone would buzz, my watch would ding, or more alarmingly, my mind was at the hospital and not with them. I can vividly remember times where I was reading a book with one of my daughters at night before bed or, gosh, even times where I was singing them their nighttime songs and the song words were coming out of my mouth, but my mind was in a completely different world. And it was never my intention to neglect the people I love the most, but my actions and behaviors said differently. 
And I also found during this time that I could be really irritable when I was at home and somewhat unaware of how my mood and behaviors were affecting those around me, even if they were right there sitting on my lap. I had a moment once where I was walking outside with my then five-year-old and she said something like, if I become a doctor, then I get to go to work with you. And I kindly broke the news to her that if she became a doctor, I would likely be retired by that time. But I commended her on that dream and that goal. And then she said, well, maybe actually I'll be a director and then I can be the boss. And I said, yeah, that sounds great. That'd be wonderful. And then she immediately recanted with, actually, I don't want to be the director because then I'll be at work all the time and I'll never see my family. Ooh, ouch. That was a knife through the heart for sure. And of course, five-year-olds tell it like it is. And here she was pointing out so vividly that my intentions were not matching my actions. That event forced me to start questioning my thoughts and beliefs a little bit more. It made me look at my default patterns and place myself in the shoes of the people who matter most to me. And sometimes becoming more self-aware means taking honest feedback no matter how it arrives and hearing it, feeling it, and sitting with it for a while and not turning it into self-loathing or ruminating over it, but learning from it. So that brings me to my next suggestion for how you can start gaining greater expanded awareness. Solicit feedback. Find a few people who have your best interest at heart and will be honest and open with you. I recently opened a book that I'd read about, I don't know, five or six years ago, and I pulled out a sheet of paper that was folded up inside. And when I opened it, I saw that it was a list of questions and answers from one of my yoga teacher trainings. And it was called the Ask a Friend Survey. And it starts with this line. It reads, the purpose of this exercise is to see myself more clearly so that I can rise to my own fullness. Basically, I'm trying to see things in myself that those closest to me may see. And then it goes on to instruct the respondent to, quote, answer honestly and don't try to protect my feelings. And on this particular piece of paper, the responses were from my husband. The assignment at the time was to send this to about three people in our lives who would give us open and honest feedback and who also had our best interest at heart. I'll attach a version that you may want to peruse in the show notes, but essentially the exercise involves you soliciting objective feedback from others in order to see yourself from their various vantage points. And for some of you listening, you may have done a 360 degree review at work, which is an assessment system or process in which employees receive confidential anonymous evaluations from the people who work around them. And the person receiving the evaluations also fills out a self-rating questionnaire that includes some of the same survey questions that the others receive in their forms. And then individual responses are combined with responses from other people in the same rater category. And then that gives the recipient a clear picture of their greatest overall strengths and weaknesses. Now, ideally, this process gives someone a better understanding of how they perceive their strengths and weaknesses versus how others perceive them. And of course, when someone gives us feedback, especially difficult feedback or feedback that maybe we don't really want to hear, our natural response is to become defensive. In my own example with my daughter, I found myself doing just that. I started that inner narrative while I was walking with her. And in that moment, I was thinking, well, I'm walking with you now, aren't I? I became defensive. I thought, you know, I work so much to provide for you. Everything I do is for you. But that's not the point. The point, again, is that my intentions were mismatched with my actions. And her perspective stopped me in my tracks. Quite literally. And you don't need some big moment or slap in the face to become more self-aware. You can start right now. 
You can start aligning your intentions with your actions by understanding your core values and objectively assessing events and situations. You can practice being present when you're with yourself and with others, paying attention to your physical sensations, understanding the sources of your triggers, and choosing to respond instead of immediately reacting. So let's review. We've talked about the two main components of self-awareness, internal and expanded awareness, and why both are essential for optimal health and well-being. Ways in which you can improve internal self-awareness, such as developing a mindfulness practice. Allow yourself time alone. Leave the devices behind for 30 minutes. Go for a walk and reflect upon your day, your life. Think about your goals and aspirations. Clarify your core values and check in with yourself periodically throughout your day. Examine your thoughts, beliefs, and actions with objectivity, curiosity, and self-compassion. Strengthen your mind-body connection by taking the time to learn your unique physical cues and understanding their etiologies and their messages. Solicit feedback from others and allow yourself to feel any emotions or feelings it elicits and let it serve as fuel for growth and empowerment, not shame and insecurity. Finally, something I haven't mentioned yet, but something that's thought to be helpful in enhancing self-awareness is journaling. And maybe that's already your thing. Maybe you cringe at the thought. But if you haven't tried it, maybe give it a try. Journaling not only helps you introspect, think about your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, but it can also provide you with an opportunity to reflect upon certain events or conversations. And there are a lot of different ways to do this. You can search Google for thousands of different ways to journal. And some people advocate for five-minute morning journaling or an evening ritual. And some people enjoy writing in a gratitude journal. It's a personal process and it's not for everyone. But it also doesn't have to be complicated. It could look like a notepad with a set of simple questions. For example, what went well today? What would I like to improve upon for tomorrow? And what is something that I'm grateful for today? Look, as I often say, no one is trying to reinvent the wheel. We're all managing the complexities of our internal and external worlds. A substantial part of your health and well-being depends upon your ability to know and understand yourself, recognize your body's signals, your triggers and emotions, and align your choices and behaviors with what matters most to you at your core. If you don't stop, pay attention, and get curious about yourself and your place in the world, you may just be cheating yourself out of truly living your fullest life. As we wrap up today's episode, I encourage you to ask yourself questions. Solicit feedback from someone, your partner, your parent, a friend. Then pause and allow yourself the space and vulnerability to let the answers settle in and make you an even better version of you. Thank you all for your time and your energy. If you know someone who might benefit from the content in this episode, contribute to their well-being by sharing it with them. As always, your feedback and topic suggestions are welcome at info at lastingimpactwellness.com. Reach out, connect with us, visit us on the web to learn more about our well-being programs for individuals and organizations. Thanks again for listening. Let's be well together. 